When we're not in the great outdoors, we're thinking about it. Kender Outdoors. Come on into the camp house and make yourself at home. Hey, welcome back to the camp house at Kinder Outdoors. I'm Billy Kinder here at the Vineyards Campground and Cabins, our home away from home at Kinder Outdoors. Front door to the camp house is brought to you by Calming Care from our friends at Purina. It's intended for the overbarker, the overjumper, the anxious dog. Calming Care can gently settle that dog over time, drug-free. We're headed for Alaska today, and hey, Alaska's not good enough. We've got to go to the far outreaches of Alaska to keep up with Chris Thompson. Chris is a guide with Renfro's Alaskan Adventures. These guys can take you where very few human eyes have ever seen. And if guiding Alaska sounds like something that might be a good career move for you, Chris may have a job for you. (laughs) So stick around. I was at a sporting clay shoot yesterday, one that I attend every year, for CASA of Tarrant County, Texas. Court-appointed special advocates for kids. I always say, when you're going to shoot a round of clays, participate in a benefit shoot. You'll accomplish what you need to do out on the range, and at the same time, help others. Don Vinegar is with CASA of Tarrant County. Don, welcome back to the show. It's always good to have you. Well, thanks, sir. Glad to be with you this morning. Don, we had a great day yesterday at the uh, at the clay shoot. Uh, seventh year in a row that we've got together to shoot clays to, in support of CASA of Tarrant County. And I think it's so important we spend a little time talking about CASA of Tarrant County. What is CASA? Well, CASA stands for Court Appointed Special Advocates. And, you know, CASA has been around. This is our 40th anniversary of advocating on behalf of children that are in foster care due to abuse and neglect issues. And we're appointed by the courts to represent these kids and speak on their behalf. And our advocacy is all done by volunteers in the Tarrant County area. This sporting clay shoot uh, supports, goes to support the mission uh, every year. And it's so important. We see a lot of great guys come out shoot. Gals do too, but... Boy, those guys are really needed in the CASA program as well, if they have a little time to to dedicate to that. Well, absolutely. You know, half of the children that are in foster care are boys and half are girls, and we have most of our volunteers and advocates are are women, uh, which is great because we certainly need those, but we need more men, male role models for these children. So it's important. We would love to have more men step up and do this. And typically, you know, men don't volunteer in something like this because they're kind of afraid of the relationship with children, just the uncomfortableness of doing uh, social work type things. But this is a a position where guys can step up. There are boys that need to see a male role model that just talks to them, spends some time with them, throws a football, just gives them some special attention and talks to them, find out about their special needs that, you know, they want the judge to know about and and share with that. So it's really important, and we would love to have more men step up to do this. I know a lot of guys right now, Don, are listening to this, and they're thinking, man, I don't, I'm not a lawyer. I'm scared of courtrooms. That doesn't need to hold us back, does it? Absolutely not. And, you know, I've been doing this work for quite a few years now, and, you know, the, when you talk to these children, you know, they're, they're just like your kids at home. They have needs. They have wants. They have concerns. They're worried about where their next meal is going to come from where they're going to be this week and next week. And, you know, all you got to do is listen to them. And we have people that are there as supervisors to guide you through the court process. So you don't have to know everything about the legal system. 
because we got people that will, you know, help support you through that and coach you and, and be there with you when you're at a court hearing. So we just need you to show up and be there and listen to these kids and advocate on their behalf. CASA of Tarrant County, Texas. For folks that don't know, that's the Fort Worth area, uh, greater Fort Worth area in Texas. But folks are listening to us all over the nation today, and there is a, a CASA in your county. There's a CASA near you. So, uh, hey, you can you can get to work for these kids right away wherever you are. You know, there are 73 different CASA programs in the state of Texas, and we cover quite a few of the counties. There are 254 counties in Texas, and we cover quite a few of those counties with the different programs. And we all are basically doing the same thing, uh, advocating on behalf of these children, because children are removed due to abuse and neglect all over the state and all over this country. So there are CASA programs throughout the United States, and we all have a common mission, and that is to advocate on behalf of these kids to make sure they're getting what they need while they're in care. When you go uh, out to shoot sporting clays, it's real easy just to uh, grab the buddies and go down to the range. But take just a few more minutes and find out where the shoots are that benefit others. They are there. There's a plethora of events starting now and running all summer long and into the fall, where you can not only go shoot and have a good time, uh, but benefit someone else like. Casa of Tarrant County when you go shoot. If folks want to learn more about you, Don, and what's going on with uh, Casa of Tarrant County, where can they go? We're, our website is speakupforachild.org. So it's really easy to find us. Uh, look that up, speakupforachild.org, and you can find out about the clay shoot. You can find out about our mission. Uh, you can find out about what we do every day in support of these children. Don, thank you for all your good work with these kids through the years. I know uh, your heart, uh, you, you just have a, a heart uh, that's unquenchable for these kids, and we thank you. Well, we thank you, sir. appreciate you supporting us and, and being there with us. We love it when you come out and you're there with us, buddy. Pull. Dang it. Hate that rabbit. Cannot hit that rabbit. <laughs> this corner of the camp house brought to you by my friends at Florida Flora from the trusted name Purina, America's number one canine probiotic, is Fortiflora. We're headed for Alaska next with my friend Chris Thompson. Grab your camera, jump in the float plane with us. This is Olympic gold medalist Kim Rohde. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. When Cinnamon Creek Ranch Wild Game Processing converts your venison or pork into breakfast sausage or ground meat, it's a hands-down hit. But step outside the box this year. Cinnamon Creek Wild Game Processing has sausages for every taste. I don't know, probably 30 or more. We have German, hickory, hot links, uh, jalapeno, cheese links, regular jalapeno, and cracked black pepper, Cajun sausage, all kinds of sausage. Our Chipotle and cheese is actually our number one seller. We just came out with a hatch chili and cheese summer sausage to complement our links. And we also have a uh, Frito chili cheese pie sausage this year, which is kind of off the charts, but the kids love it. So it's kind of one of those new twists. <laughs> Located just north of Fort Worth, Texas, Cinnamon Creek Wild Game Processing. Experts with all wild game. Visit CinnamonCreekRanch.com. At Marksman, we know firearms. Our mission is to guide and educate whether you're new to firearms or an experienced, skilled shooter. We offer a large selection at reasonable prices with staff that's truly knowledgeable and always puts the customer first. 
Military and first responders get a 10% discount. And we offer free 90-day layaway. For guns, ammo, optics, or accessories, head to Marksman Firearms in Granbury, Mansfield, Colleen, or Wichita Falls. Make your mark at Marksman. John Payne and his Tejas Ranch Fence Company know that there's no cookie-cutter approach. Every job, every ranch, every lay of land is unique and custom. We're able to take a look at the owner's intent, the individual characteristics of the property, and really come up with a solution that works for them. We've got a great team here that has a passion for what we do. Your land, our passion. We love bringing out the best in your property. TejasRanchFence.com Crappie anglers, tired of tying knots? Hey, Wally Marshall, Mr. Crappie here to tell you about the all-new Add-A-Hook by Bullet Weights. The Add-A-Hook is designed to put a hook on your line without using any knots or cutting your line. Hold the Add-A-Hook next to your fishing line, then wrap the line five times around each side, pull your line into the clips, and bam, you're ready to go, and it will not slip. I can tie a double crappie rig in 30 seconds when it takes up to six minutes to tie one with all the knots. Add a hook is made of stainless steel, no rust, flexible, and tough. Mr. Crappie and Bullet Weights has made it better, faster, and easier for crappie fishermen to get back in the water catching more crappie than ever. Bullet Weights has a full line of Mr. Crappie double mental rigs for trolling and vertical fishing. The Mr. Crappie Troll Tech rigs are designed to troll in shallow waters and heavy cover, keeping two baits close together without hanging up. Also, don't forget Mr. Crappie Slow Troll and Double Drop Crappie Rigs. Pre-tied with number two hooks, double swivel weights, and eight-pound line. Tie one on today. Look us up at bulletweights.com. Ag Texas. The name itself says trust, honesty, strength, and tradition. Ag Texas has from the get-go been dedicated to the prosperity of agriculture and rural America. The Ag Texas family can help grow your herd or your operation. Give us a call and talk to Ag Texas Pros about risk management in the form of crop insurance, protecting borrowed capital and savings. We specialize in everything from dairy cows to pecan trees and have the right financial tools and knowledge at Ag Texas to help you grow and grow safely. We can't tell you when it's going to rain again, but we can assure that your crop, your cows, your family, and the family land are secure and protected no matter the storm or the dry spell. We are agriculture at Ag Texas, and we look forward to visiting with you. Ag Texas is at agtexas.com and just down the road. Flush that old bird dog out of that chair and have a seat. You're in camp with us at Kinder Outdoors. I tell folks all the time that Fortiflora has worked 100% of the time that I've used it. That's how much confidence I have in the product. If you own a dog, you really ought to keep Fortiflora in the fridge. America's number one canine probiotic. Welcome back to Kinder Outdoors. You're proud you're here. And I want you to meet a friend of mine. I met this guy at the Dallas Safari Club Convention and Sporting Expo. He has a pretty interesting job. He's a hunting guide and does his work. His office is the far outreaches of Alaska. I want to talk to him about that. Chris Thompson, welcome, man. Thank you, Billy. Appreciate it. You, you bet. Now, you're in, let me get this right, you're in Texas right now, but you spend a good portion of the year in Alaska, Mexico, different parts of the world, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Primarily Alaska. Um, go up there. 
early summer do fish trips and then uh moose season will they ship us out from in the moose camp from last week of august and we're there until first of october okay and i want to talk to you a little bit about that you work with a, a great outfitter very reputable renfro's alaskan adventures tell us a little bit about renfro's oh just an outstanding operation and and we're, he's got a good area. He hunts Unit 18, and which is an outstanding area for moose. And um, all the, all the planes are in house, and uh, and it's just it's just a great area. Good operation. Does what he says he's going to do. Provides good quality guides, packers, all works. You guys are based. Renfro's is based out of Bethel, Alaska. I guess we meet up with you there, and then we take off. Could be in. In uh, any direction from there, I guess, huh? Yes, sir. They hunt that area, and uh, like where I've been going is, is I guess you call it north of the Yukon, um, of that Unit 18 area, and they just we fly out there and Piper Cubs dropped off, and then like they'll drop me and the packer off, and then we'll stay out there the duration, and then each hunt is 10 days. So they'll cycle hunters to us three different times. And there's multiple camps. He's got uh, quite a few guys working for him. Okay. All right. If folks want to take a closer look at Renfro's and see what this is all about, uh, where do they go? Uh, Renfro'sAlaskanAdventures.com, I think, is the is the website. Okay. And then the website is excellent. The pictures, the fishing pictures, the hunting pictures, you really enjoy it. Yeah, I've been there and I and I've looked and I'm, you know, now I'm looking at airfare. That's that's what it'll do to you. Renfro's yeah. <laughs> Renfro's Alaskan Adventures. We've got a link at kinderoutdoors.com. You mentioned a packer. That's a great opportunity for a young guy that might mm-hmm. want to think about guiding for a living at a high level because what you do uh Chris is is pretty high level stuff. You got to know your stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. You're going, like you said, you're going to get dropped off, and you're going to be up there uh, for a month. Uh, without... oh, we're, we're 70 miles from the nearest person. We're, we're, yeah. We're hunting elk and, and grizzly that literally, or excuse me, moose and grizzly that have never seen a man. And so when you're out in an area like that, not only do you have the hunting aspect of it, but, you, I mean, your head's got to be on a swivel because nobody can, I mean, if if you get a bad weather window, they might not be able to get to you for a week. So you really got to be careful and watch and pay attention to everything. Yeah, you've got to you've got to have you've got to have some well stocked smarts and some some common sense in the woods and know what you're doing. And this is a great opportunity as a packer for a youngster that might want to have your job someday uh, to get mm-hmm. started and get their feet wet. You guys are looking for uh, for some packers right now, I guess, huh? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And 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 the good thing about to be a guide in Alaska, minimum you have to have two years experience in the field, 30 days each year. So minimum 60 days in the field over two years. And the only way to get that is by packing. So and then and then that's just one of the hurdles you have to, you have to jump to become a guide. But that's a crucial one. That uh, and like I said, that can be achieved by packing. What is a packer? What's a packer's job? Fly, flies in with the guide, um, helps sets up camp with the guide, goes out with the guide to hunt with the client because, you know, to have a, another set of eyes out there is, is helpful. And then once the moose goes down, 
the work begins. <laughs> yeah. It's a, yeah, I mean, with two guys to process that moose and get it in game bags, about four hours from the time you make that first cut to everything's in game bags. And then um, then you have to get that meat to camp, which where which is where also a piper cub can land to get that meat out of there. And uh, typical moose hindquarters, 140 pounds. And that um, one backstrap's almost 50 pounds. And so it's it's a ton of weight. And the terrain there is very unforgiving. <laughs> There's you're punching through alder, you're, I mean, the ground itself, the tundra ground, it's comparable to walking through about a foot and a half of snow. And just because it's wow. squashy, it's, and um, it's, it's, like I said, it's a lot of work, but I mean, if a person, if it appeals to a person, it's a, because like I said, the, the, what you're seeing out there, you can't replicate, at least in the lower 48, you know, because you're just so yeah, absolutely no. remote. This is a job for the outdoorsman's outdoorsman. I mean, you got to be pretty tough because you're going to be basically you're going to be just pretty much miserable uh, for for a while. Oh, yeah, you're living. Uh, a great guy told me one time to get trophy moose. You have to go out and live like a moose, and uh, and that's what you're doing. You're living in a two or three man tent for over a month, you know, and. Uh, it's just uh, we eat good. We've got a cook tent there that we set up, but uh, you're crawling in and out of the tent for that entire time you're there. You're wet. There's nothing you can't, you can't get anything dry. The only way you can dry anything out is put it in your sleeping bag with you at night, and then you wake up in the morning. It'll be dry, but there'll be a sheen of moisture over top of your bag, and uh, but that's the only way to dry anything. And um, wow. It's just, it's tough. But it's, I mean, if, if it if it appeals, if you're the right person, it's awesome. <laughs> no yeah, absolutely. You bet. And you're going to see some things that very few people in their lifetime will see. Oh, for sure. You're sitting up there, you're glassing the majority of the time. And uh, just what you can see at distance through your scope. And, and uh it's just it's 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 pretty cool. Like I showed you that video, those two big bulls fighting down there about a mile from us. But I mean, it was just awesome. I mean, you see that, you see bear, I mean, wolves. You know, I mean, it's just and plus the country. You know, it's just it's, it's great. Now I know a lot of people are listening, thinking, okay, I'm going to be cold, wet, tired, beaten up, could be eaten by a grizz. Uh, this is misery. <laughs> this is complete misery. Why would I do that? Well, here's why you would do that. It pays pretty doggone well. It pays good, but um, you know, if you're if you're doing this for the money, you're doing it for the wrong reason. You know, um, you're doing it just because, like I said, that the experience that you get, the just being out there. You want to go out and live like Jim Bridger did. This is about the last place to do it. You know, and uh, and that's the yeah. for me for sure. You bet. All right. Well, I guess if somebody is listening to this and, and going, wow, I've dreamed of doing that my whole life. I want to do that. Uh, you can uh, reach out to me here at Kinder Outdoors and uh, uh, kinderoutdoors.com. You can reach me real easily, and I'll put you in touch with uh, Chris Thompson and Renfro's Alaskan Adventures 
out of Bethel, Alaska. Hey, we're going to take a short break, Chris, but I want to talk to you about what makes a good client. You know, we, we talk a lot about what makes a good guide. I want to know what makes a good client because you've seen it all in the backcountry. Yes, sir. Uh, Chris, you might want to turn around. <laughs> hey, coming up a little later, Larry Wysoon is going to join us. Mr. Whitetail himself. No, we're not talking about hunting them. We're talking about eating them from field to table at Kinder Outdoors. Howdy, folks. It's Larry Wysoon, Mr. Whitetail. Did you know that Mr. Whitetail is Native American for incredibly handsome and very talented? <laughs> you never stop learning here at Kinder's Outdoors. Hi, I'm Jim Shockey, and I want to make sure that all of our calendars are marked with the dates for our 2023 annual military charity golf event. The dates are March 26th and 27th of 2023. We'll be returning to the Wild Dunes Resort on the Isle of Palms in South Carolina. Now here's the best part. The proceeds from this military charity golf event, supported by Freedom Hunters, goes to award the honorable service personnel of our U.S. and Canadian Armed Forces with outdoor adventures. There's no better cause than honoring the courageous men and women that protect our freedoms. So go to jimshockeyclassic.com to register. So again, that's March 26th and 27th of 2023 at the Wild Dunes Resort. And by the way, that's the South Carolina coast in the springtime. It doesn't get any better than that. I'll see you there. These are unsettling and even scary times for many people. But for others, there's peace, even as an angry world cries out. The source of that peace is Jesus Christ. I'm John Watson, pastor at Cornerstone Bible Church in Roanoke, Texas. At Cornerstone, we teach the Bible with no man-made religion added in. Join us online Sunday mornings at 1015 Central at csbiblechurch.org. It's just God's Word csbiblechurch.org The state of Nevada offers a special non-resident only mule deer tag each year which greatly enhances your chance of getting drawn. But you need to hurry. The deadline is Monday, March 6th. So now is the time to enter. To enter the draw, you need to be sponsored by an outfitter. And that starts at nevadaoutfitters.org That's nevadaoutfitters.org this special tag is for non-resident mule deer hunters only, and the draw is just days away. Contact NevadaOutfitters.org today. The Wild Sheep Foundation. Our purpose sounds simple, to put and keep wild sheep on the mountain. But from where we stand to the top of the mountain is a challenging and exciting journey. To be successful, we support the top scientific minds in wildlife research. We tell the story and history of the wild sheep in North America to those around us, like you. And step by step, we protect and grow wild sheep populations. If not for the Wild Sheep Foundation, more than $115 million in care, concern, and conservation work would not have happened over the past 40 years. Important work that has seen our wild sheep populations grow from 25,000 or so in the 1950s to more than 85,000 today. Learn more about the worldwide leader in wild sheep conservation. Secure a membership. Attend a banquet. Bid on an auction item. Make an impact on top of the mountain. WildSheepFoundation.org.
I want to urge you to plan what will be the trip of a lifetime to Argentina. Hunt doves or ducks with my friends at Cordoba Doves. Lane Balky is the U.S. representative, and he's right here in Dallas-Fort Worth. Call him at 817-797-9020. Like me, you can plan your next trip of a lifetime with Lane Balky and Cordoba Doves. We pick you up at the airport, and you're in our care custody control. All meals, all drinks, all eats are included in the package. Lane is a hunter himself, and when he describes that first morning that you'll witness in the field, it raises the hairs on the back of your neck. The first morning, the fly-off of the roost in the morning is spectacular. Birds almost as far as you can see, and they fly like that all day until sunset. Come on, let's go to Argentina. It's closer than you think. Visit CordobaDoves.com or give Lane a call, 817-797-9020. My name is Jose Grasso, the owner of JJ Caseria. Can see me in Argentina. Somewhere over this horizon sit a million little dictators eager to purge humanity of its hunting instincts contrived emotions flood from their air-conditioned glass-paneled Wi-Fi enabled habitats over the mountains and out into the wild from which they hate to admit they emerged their foolish quest to force nature to fit their feelings threatens the survival of every living thing on our planet if their fevered tantrums are ever imposed, the Earth will be ruled by the deadliest combination in the natural world, human ignorance and human arrogance. Travel another path, the truest path, nature's path. Trust the hunter in your blood. Redfish on the fly rod, fresh walleye in a skillet, big tom turkeys running to your call, a massive 6x6 six six within 30 yards, and a new personal best in the bass boat. That's life at our camp at Kender Outdoors. When I pull in the gate, this is a gated RV campground and great cabins too, all along the shoreline of Grapevine Lake here at the Vineyards Campground and Cabins in Grapevine, Texas. But when I pull in the gated entry, I'm all set. I've got a boat ramp here. I have a camp store with everything we might need while we're here. It's an awesome place. If you've never visited the vineyards in Grapevine, Texas, bring the RV or call them and reserve a cabin. Enjoy a little time, a little downtime with the family <laughs> at the vineyards campground and cabins. This corner of the camp house is brought to you by my friends at Joshua Creek Ranch, five-star world-class hunting, upland bird hunting. They've got great bird dogs, a kennel of about 100 dogs in there. Your dogs are welcome, too. Uh, I would only recommend that you call and get a date blocked on the calendar because they tend to book up, and they book up early. Joshua Creek Ranch in the Texas Hill Country, endorsed by Beretta, Orvis, Shooting Sportsman, Kinder Outdoors. Special guest on the show today is uh, a guy that guides for Renfro's Alaskan Adventures. Chris Thompson, very familiar with the backcountry of Alaska, the far reaches. 
and he rejoins me now. Thanks for hanging on, Chris. Yes, sir. Enjoying it. Hey, uh, listen, we've, we've talked a lot on the show in the past about what makes a good guide and, and what we've surmised through the years as, uh, you know, going home with a harvest. Example, if we hunt with you and we don't take a moose home, that's not necessarily the guy's fault. You guys typically, 99 times out of 100, are going to work super hard, know what you're doing, you're knowledgeable, you're going to keep us alive through it all and uh, get us back home. Uh, safe and sound. But I want to flip that today. I want to flip that to what makes a good client. Because when someone shows up to hunt with you in the backcountry of Alaska, hey, you're you're whether you like each other or not, you're living together for at least the next ten days. Oh, at least, yeah. Like you could you could be there for two weeks depending upon you know how the weather how the weather goes. So. Yeah. So what do you like to see? When a client shows up, I guess uh, some patience and a good attitude and, and maybe someone that won't get out ahead of you, somebody that will listen to what you say? Oh, 100%. I mean, attitude is everything um, with that good at because you might not even see anything till the third or fourth day and and been soaking wet and cold and, and, you know, weather's not cooperating and uh, it's important to, to keep that attitude up, you know, and, and the other most important thing is be able to, to shoot and move under dress, meaning being in good physical condition and uh, to where you can, you can move up a hill. You got like a lot of times you'll be glassing, 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 and all of a sudden you see the move and you got to make your, or see the moose and you got to make your move. Well, then the game's on. I mean, times you're running, you're poking through, you're trying to crawl on your hands and knees through alder, trying to get there, get get ahead of the wind. I mean, everything. And then, and uh, if that hunter can't do that, then you just lost your opportunity. And that might have been the first opportunity you've had in two days. And just simply because he did, doesn't have the physical ability to move that quickly over that kind of terrain, he just lost his opportunity. And then once yeah. you get there, you're breathing hard, you're wet, you're cold, uh, and then you've got to shoot. And that shoot, and that shot, your heart, yeah, your your heart's pounding out of your chest. <laughs> oh yeah, you're breathing hard. You know, it might not be, you know, standing broadside at 75 yards. You know, they might be quartering away. They, it, it just, it, it, you know, anybody that hunts knows what I'm talking about as far as just, you know, that 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 shot so you've got to be prepared you know and and those aren't hand, those situations aren't handed out daily so when it does when you do have the opportunity bam you got to go and be able to and, and be able to shoot and uh and you know and you might have to make that move five or six times over the course of the hunt you know because you know you make your move and it didn't work out moose winded you whatever you know but uh yeah, you know, so which it, and then get get back to the kit, like you know, have an unsuccessful day as far as you know the kill. Get back to camp. You're wet. You're soaked. You're tired. It's two o'clock in the morning, and you get up and do it again the next day. So wow, and the physical yeah. condition is really? huge. But then again, yeah, you could be the best shape in your life, and if your attitude isn't there, or you have these unrealistic expectations of what it should be, then everything can go downhill from there as well. So 
Yeah. Just uh, get yourself educated what you're getting into, and, and the guys at Renfro's are pros. And so uh, go with a reputable outfitter, someone like Chris and Renfro's, Alaskan Adventures uh, out of Bethel, Alaska, and you're going to be in good shape. You know, we've all hunted with guys that want to be the know-it-all, for lack of a nicer word. They want to be the know-it-all on the trip, and they a lot of times they, they think they might know more than the guide does. I'm sure you've run into that a lot. How do you handle that, Chris? I mean, you have to show them respect, but at the same time, they can blow the hunt for you. Oh, 100%. I mean, and I listen to anybody. I mean, somebody's been hunting for 20 or 30 years, they might not be in, have been in Alaska, but they dang sure know something, and I'll, I'll listen to anybody. Um, but uh, it's, you know, out there, I'm the, I'm the one ultimately in charge of everybody's safety, and uh it's going to be my decision you know and uh and if there's if you just don't get along with the hunter as a as a, as a professional guide you get along you know you just yeah. you uh do the best you can and uh and but that that's so at least up there that's so rare i mean everybody that comes up i mean they know just because of the expense that it takes to get up there, they're hunters and they know and uh, and they respect both you and the country and and uh, I've not really run into that too much up there. Um, good. That's and one good. thing I want to mention that's crucial, especially on these on these hunts that you know you're you're flown in by beaver or particularly piper cubs, you've got to have, of course, because of the conditions, the right gear. But it's also got to be lightweight. So, because you're capped as a hunter at 60 pounds on your fly-in, so you've got to have not only the kind of gear that can survive Alaska, but it's also got to be lightweight. So the technical gear and knowing the technical gear, because that's a that's a big problem. We might have a guy that that can walk, shoot, good attitude, and he's wearing 80 pounds of wool, not 80 pounds, 40 pounds of wool. You know, uh, and and it just and it, it makes it harder physically for them because the, the clothing is not correct, and uh, it just makes it just more miserable. And so, to research and know, ask questions, talk, what do I need? You know, you just and find out your gear list. The gear list is huge because uh, you can you can survive it, but it won't be near as much fun as if you if you had the right gear. You know. Clothing, particularly, or the, and yeah, boots, of course, right. you know, goes without saying, have broken boots that fit that kind of condition. You know, you don't go up there with those tennis shoes or your brand new boots or anything like that. And also with the shooting too, um, you know, we're not all, we're not shooting behind the rest. You, you might be, you know, if you're shooting, if you have your shooting sticks, make sure you punch a bunch of rounds downrange on your shooting sticks. You know, don't just well, I'm, I've been on a bench and hit a thousand rounds, or put a thousand rounds on my bench, and only five rounds on my shooting sticks. Where you're going to be shooting the moose on your shooting sticks. So, be comfortable with your, both your gear and your rifle in, in all in all kinds of situations. All good stuff, Chris Thompson. Don't don't run off, Chris. I want to talk to you some more when we come back from the coffee pot at Kinder Outdoors. Larry Wysoon coming up too.
at Classic Chevrolet Grapevine. We know all about the early morning memories made in the cab of the truck. Because it's fun to um, be able to uh, do something with my dad and my older brother. So what time did you have to get up this morning to uh, to get all the way down here dressed and fed and ready to go? 4.30. 4.30. Don't you normally get up about 4.30, though? Mm-mm. No. no way. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's fun, though, when you're coming out to the dove field to get up that early. It's kind of exciting, isn't it? Yes. There you go. Did you see your daddy shooting at that dove right then? Yes. Do you see that dove still flying? Uh, probably. (laughs) At Classic Chevrolet in Grapevine, Texas, we know that the cab of the truck is a special place. It's where family heritage is carried down the trail. Important things happen here. Trusted conversations, understanding smiles, life's victories and laughter, sometimes tears. We're honored to ride along with your family. ClassicChevrolet.com. When we're not on the road hunting or fishing America, Kinder Outdoors calls the Vineyards Campground and Cabins in Grapevine, Texas, home. It has everything I need to prepare and broadcast coast-to-coast and border-to-border each week. Full hookups, cable TV, and 50-amp service at every RV site. Strong Wi-Fi that's powerful enough to ship Kinder Outdoors to you, no matter where you are in the U.S. or Canada. Most importantly, I can walk out of my fifth wheel and launch my boat at the Vineyards boat ramp without ever leaving the gated property. There's a sandy beach, a fully stocked camp store complete with firewood, groceries, and even commonly needed RV supplies. Rent a golf cart to make your way around this giant park located on the shores of Grapevine Lake, Texas. Every single cabin and RV is lakefront or lake view, and you're just blocks away from Main Street Grapevine with fantastic shopping and dining. As you can imagine, the Vineyards Campground and Cabin stays pretty busy, so why don't you block a little time right now at VineyardsCampground.com. The Quail Coalition has drawn the line. Quail decline stops here. South and West Texas and Western Oklahoma are the last strong natural regions for wild bobwhite quail. We've all watched the drastic decline across the southern states of the iconic bobwhite. The Quail Coalition has vowed to do all within human power to not only stop quail decline, but build a future where the quail will flourish across all of its original habitat. If true quail conservation is important to you, please visit quailcoalition.org. Consider a membership, attend one of our fundraising banquets, and please consider starting a chapter in your home state. Together, let's sustain and restore huntable wild quail populations. Let's encourage and educate interested youth. Let's keep the most brilliant quail minds on earth working on a bright future for our quails. The first step, visit our website, quailcoalition.org. You know, as bird hunters and bird dog owners, we've seen our wild bird hunting opportunities dwindle in recent years. And if you, like me, don't want to kennel your bird dog in the spring just to let him hibernate till fall, then you should take a long look at the world's largest field trial organization, the National Shoot to Retrieve Association, or NASTRA. This was the very idea of NASTRA's founding fathers back in the 1960s. They wanted to extend time in the field with the dogs that they loved. And it must have been a pretty good idea, because over the years, many thousands of men, women, teens, and families have enjoyed participating in NASTRA field trials. All pointing breeds are welcome, and there's no need to be intimidated. NASTRA sponsors over 1,000 field trials across the U.S. and Canada each year. It's at these trials where your dog can earn his NASTRA championship, qualify for entry into your regional championship, and NASTRA's five national championships. Take a look at our website 
nstra.org and consider visiting a local trial. We look forward to meeting you. Coming when we heard your truck rattle across that old cattle guard. Welcome to our camp at Kender Outdoors. Spending a little time with Alaskan guide Chris Thompson on the show today. He guides with a great company, reputable bunch out of uh, Alaska, Renfro's Alaskan Adventures. Check them out online. Uh, just come to kinderoutdoors.com and click on Renfro's and you'll see what Chris is talking about. It's a beautiful place. Magnificent critters, all good stuff. This corner of the camp house brought to you by Joshua Creek Ranch. The uh, dining and the lodging are just over the top, fantastic five-star. I mean, the linens on the bed, the towels, every detail has been just so carefully laid out by Ann Kirchival. Joe and Ann have built a beautiful place and five-star bird hunting, world-class axis deer hunting. Check them out. Joshua Creek Ranch, good friends of mine in the Texas Hill Country. KinderOutdoors.com, K-I-N-D-E-R. I want to talk about this, too, before we finish up here, Chris. We're talking to Chris Thompson with Renfro's Alaskan Adventures. He can take you to the backcountry of Alaska and show you things that 99 and 9 tenths of the world will never see. Moose and grizzly and big brown bears and, and just God's incredible creation in nature, uh, pretty it just unscathed, untouched. Uh, with Renfro's Alaskan Adventures, we've got a link at kinderoutdoors.com for you. Let's talk about tips for a minute, and I want you to be, be open and honest with us because I get that question a lot from people. What What's appropriate? How much should I should I tip? Is, is there a guideline, Chris? I've never seen a guy driving a Mercedes Benz, okay? So we need we need to we need to take care of the guys and gals that take care of us in that rough country. The the typical or the rule of thumb is ten percent of the cost of your hunt. And that's kill or no kill. And then you could go up from there, but that's just the the the, the rule of thumb. And then you've got your that's to the guy and then you've got your packer. Um, and then also, like hell, when I, when I leave uh, Alaska, I'm I'm tipping my pilots out. I'm tipping the, some of the hangar crew out. You know, you you just kind of want to spread it out as much as you can, just because, like you said, I mean, we're not doing this. If we're doing this for the money, we're in the wrong business. And uh, so it's all tips are huge part of that guy's income. And um, you bet. And so it's just it's it's. It's crucial that that uh, and man again at that level of hunting I've never really had a problem with that because uh, they go in knowing what it costs and uh, are willing to pay for it. Yeah, people plan pretty good for a great trip like this to the backcountry of Alaska. Did I hear you correctly earlier? You said you go north of the Yukon. Yes, sir. And if you look at Unit 18 um, in Alaska, it's it's. We're about 120 miles east of the Bering Sea, north of the Yukon, and uh, and it's it's pretty awesome. I mean, you, you like I said, you're 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 very much out there, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> I guess so. 
last year we had a, a typhoon come in off the Bering Sea, and I, and uh, we had to hunker down with that for a day or so. But uh, it's just the, wow. the weather that, that you get up there. And so, and I, I, I'm painting. I don't. I'm painting a harder picture sometimes than it is. Sometimes I'm not, but or it's you have good days. It's just not like you're just going into a, a typhoon every day, but uh, you have very good days, and especially in that month of September. And uh, but I want, especially for the Packers, I don't want to, I don't want to um, glorify it. You know, I don't want them th- because then their uh, their expectations are off. And uh, yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's uh, you see with the with good and like I said, the September month you usually get pretty good weather, but um, uh, sometimes you don't, and that's just part of it, and that's part of hunting, you know. Have you ever been uh, up there, Chris, uh, chasing moose and looked up and seen a Chinese balloon floating over? Have you ever seen any of that? (laughs) (laughs) It'd be game on if that was the case. (laughs) Chris Thompson, you can hunt with him in the backcountry of Alaska, way up yonder, Renfro's Alaskan Adventures. I've really enjoyed the visit. We'll do her again, okay? Yes, sir. Enjoyed it very much. Don't miss out on the Axis deer hunt. At Joshua Creek Ranch in the Texas Hill Country, that's where I go grocery shopping for my Axis steaks. Highly recommend them. Learn more about Joshua Creek Ranch at kinderoutdoors.com. Let's talk about good things to eat because, Larry, why soon? That's one thing you and I have in common. Another thing we have in common, we both like to eat, brother. Amen. (laughs) We've talked about Axis deer before. We've talked about how great crappie and walleye are on the table. What are, so you, you're a worldwide hunter, and you've tasted a little bit of everything. General uh, Chuck Yeager once told me that a bear under two years old was pretty darn good to eat. What else outside of those axis deer do you like to see show up on the dinner table? I've had the opportunity to hunt Africa quite a few times. One of the best things I've ever eaten in Africa is, is an eland. I mean, the eland is out of this world good. It's like a fine-aged beef. has a little bit of marbling in it. And even the old bulls, if you take an old bull, it don't need to do any marinating or anything like that. It's still very, very tender. The most surprising thing that I ate in Africa that I thought was one of the best things there I've ever eaten, too, is zebra. Now, a lot of people may be opposed to eating horses, but uh, the zebra is extremely wild, totally different animal from what most people think in terms of horses. But I shot one several years ago, and I had read all these years prior to that how zebra was the most horrible tasting stuff in the world. Nobody should be eating it. And I come to find out after I tasted it, I understand why, because all the pHs and all the locals were saying, you don't want any of that stuff. It's no good. So they would take it. But, you know, almost anywhere you go, there's absolutely some fabulous food in terms of wild game. And it, sometimes it's fish, sometimes it's a, a bird or fowl, and sometimes it's a big game animal as well. But to me, the main thing is to make keep an open mind when somebody says, hey, try some of this. Yeah. Don't close your mind to the fact, well, I ain't going to like this. Right. You know, just keep an open mind, taste it, and almost invariably you're going to go, 
Oh, my gosh, let me have some more of that. Right. Hey, if you can get over the mental hump and put that frog leg in your mouth, you've never tasted anything finer, I promise you. What about North American game? What, uh, we talked about the Axis deer, obviously. That's gold. I'll tell you what, some of the finest white-tailed deer I've ever eaten came out of the Midwest, where it's basically corn-fed. They're on corn, soybeans, and alfalfa, and a few other things growing out there. Really, really good. And, and again, also moose. Moose is out of this world good as well, and there's a lot of moose meat when you put a moose down and, and of course elk is always good and I think the biggest thing is, is in the preparation as far as the, the carcass itself and then the preparation of the meat uh, most people have a tendency to overcook venison, and I think that is the biggest problem they run to. If they did it a little bit more on the rare side, I think they'd be really surprised. And, and I know a lot of times we've been on hunts, and people go, oh, my God. You know, you talk to them, and say, I just can't stand elk. I can't stand moose. I don't want any deer. I don't want any this. And yet they'll be in camp the entire week and ask, ask for second and yeah. thirds, and that's what they've eaten the whole yeah. time, thinking it was good beef or maybe something else. So it's just a lot of times it's a mental thing more than it is a, the uh, taste bud thing. Yeah, I think there should be a mandatory jail sentence for anyone that overcooked wild game. Medium rare. Stop. Pull it off and let's take it to the table. You know, processing our game, taking care of our game has a lot to do with how it tastes on the table. It's very important that we take care of those animals immediately and cool that meat down. It, it really is. I mean, that's one of the things we always look forward to and look ahead to where, okay, we're on a hunt, we're going to take an animal. How are we going to be able to take care of this animal? There are a lot of times in the past I have not shot that animal that I wanted to. Maybe had a big set of antlers or something special about it because I knew we were going to get in trouble trying to get that animal into a cool situation or it maybe take too long to get him out of the woods. So to me, that's always something that comes into play, not just the cameraman saying don't shoot. Sometimes it's me going, okay, I'm not going to shoot because if we do, we're not going to get the best venison out of this animal. Well, Larry Wysoon, I don't think I'm one lick better than you, but I'll tell you this, I've never eaten a zebra before. <laughs> Do you need to? You'd be surprised. Well... coming when we heard your truck rattle across that old cattle guard. Welcome to our camp at Kender Outdoors. This is the weekly meeting place, the Cracker Barrel, where outdoorsmen across the United States and Canada get together to lean up and swap stories and information every week. Glad you're a part of it. This corner of the camp house brought to you by Purina Pro Plan. I've fed Purina Pro Plan performance formula to my hardworking bird dogs and lovable lap dogs since day one and that's been decades and there's no reason to ever change pro plan is the best and there's a formula that's perfect for your dog no matter the age lifestyle or physical condition you'll find purina pro plan at atwoods ranch and home stores and wherever you buy your dog food i know that part of the united states has been buried in really unseasonable and massive snow over the past week, but springtime is coming, warmer weather, and time on the water. Fish hooks flying around, and inevitably, <laughs> some of those hooks are going to land in the wrong spot. My friend Ray Sasser, the late Ray Sasser, he was our camp house storyteller for a long, long time, and the outdoor writer for the Dallas Morning News for 30 years. 
he wrote about fish hooks and such. Though I try to be careful unhooking fish, the inevitable happened recently when a small bass caught on a topwater plug flopped at an inopportune moment, slipping from my grasp as I was trying to secure the fish. One of the rear treble hooks on the lure penetrated the fleshy fingertip of my right ring finger, and the bass and I were hooked on the same lure. The fish then fought harder than it had fought in the water. I was holding my fishing rod in my left hand and had a pair of forceps in my right, my thumb and forefinger already inserted into the rings on the forceps handles. I felt like the guy in the old joke. Locked in hand-to-claw combat with a leopard in dense bush, he screamed at his buddy to shoot the leopard. When the buddy yelled back that he couldn't see to make the shot, the first guy yelled, Just shoot in here amongst us. One of us needs some relief. If I dropped the rod, it would have further impacted on my hooked finger. So I reached out with my left forearm, cradled the fish, and hugged it tightly to my chest to control the wild flopping. It was impossible to extricate myself from this self-imposed Chinese puzzle. So I yelled to my wife, who was fishing on the other side of the small lake, that I had a fish hook in me and I needed help. All I could do was hold the fish as tightly as possible while Emily covered the quarter-mile shoreline. While I was reflecting on my unlikely situation, I was relieved to notice that the fish's wild gyrations had jerked the hook through my finger, exposing the barb. Working together, Emily and I managed to free the fish and return it to the lake. Then we walked to the car to look for a multi-two with enough leverage to cut the hook. Emily wasn't strong enough to do it, and I couldn't make it work left-handed. We were only 15 minutes from home, though, and a substantial pair of cutting pliers, so we headed that way. Emily wanted to go straight to the hospital emergency room, but it wasn't the first time I'd been hooked, and I knew it wasn't as bad as it looked. Once we got to the proper tool, it was a simple matter of cutting off the barb end of the hook and pulling the hook out of my finger the same way it went in. Then I soaked my hand in warm, soapy water with a shot of bleach as an added disinfectant. The next move was really the worst part. I held my damaged finger in a small bowl of rubbing alcohol, mashing around in the wound to get the alcohol through the wound channel. Emily then applied two band-aids. By the next morning, the wound wasn't even sore. My tetanus shot was up to date, so I just kept an eye on the wound to make sure it was healing properly. I also made a trip to the hardware store and bought an even more substantial set of cutting pliers to carry in my tackle bag. For people who fish a lot, it's not a matter of if you have a hook mishap, it's more a matter of when it happens. If the hook is close to an eye or an artery, or you just don't feel comfortable with you or a fishing partner playing doctor, head for the nearest emergency room. Otherwise, you can probably do it yourself. Single hooks are easier than treble hooks. Go to YouTube and type in fish hook removal, and you'll find multiple videos showing how to back out a hook the classic way, using a length of fishing line to pop it out the way it went in. Veteran fishing outfitter Billy Chapman Jr. even sticks a hook in himself to demonstrate how to remove it. I don't recommend that degree of preparation, but the videos are good instructional tools for dealing with a hook in human flesh. Which reminds me of a fish hook story told me one time by an old friend of mine, Jim Kenny in Rockwall. Jim and some friends were fishing years and years ago at Lake of the Pines. They were catching fish on topwater baits, bass I'm sure, and one of Jim's companions reached back to make a long cast and hooked his fellow companion in the back of the neck with a topwater plug that had three treble hooks on it. And all three hooks were in the guy's neck. So they looked at this situation and decided they couldn't handle it themselves, 
cranked up the boat, headed back to the marina, tied up the boat at the marina. We're walking up to the parking lot where they could get in a car and go to the doctor's office. As they were walking up to the parking lot, they met a woman walking down the walk. And she kind of walked by them, and she did a double take, and she said, Hey, did you know you have a fish hook stuck in the back of your neck? The guy said, Yeah, kind of knew that. <laughs> I miss my old friend Ray Sasser, Hooked. You want to hear it again or share it with your buddies? Hear the podcast at Kinder Outdoors or wherever you get your downloads, your podcasts. Thank you to my friends at Purina Pro Plan for bringing us to this corner of the camp house at Kinder Outdoors. There's a Pro Plan formula for your dog, even if that dog has special conditions like a itchy coat or an intolerance to grain, or maybe they're older and could benefit from added glucosamine in their diet. You'll find all the Pro Plan formulas when you take a little trip to Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Texas, Kansas, and Missouri. Hey, when we come back from the coffee pot, we're headed for the back country of Alaska. U.S. Highway 287 carries elk hunters and fly fishers, snow skiers and bird dog chasers, 72-ounce steak eaters, varied Cadillac picture takers, antelopers, prairie doggers, and rattlesnakers. The Herdware Store sits on Highway 287 near Goodnight, Texas. Now, only 18 people live around here, so to keep the lights turned on, we need you 287 travelers to stop by. Come in out of the weather and take a look at the most unique store between the Gulf and Pacific coasts. One-of-a-kind artwork, jewelry, knives, and more. Feel the luxurious softness and warmth of bison socks, gloves, hats, beanies, blankets, and scarves. You'll think it's cashmere, and it's warmer than wool. Our sister company, Buffalo Wool, produces the finest bison products on the planet. The herdware store is boots and shoes, bison blankets and throws, even bison meats for the road. The herdware store, 42 miles southeast of Amarillo. Hey, drop by right now at herdware.net. That moment when it all lines up. The planning, the process, the lifetime of in-the-woods experience all comes down to that one moment that old Tom is calling up and within range. At Marksman Firearms, we can help you get ready with calls, guns, chokes, turkey loads, and more. Marksman Firearms stores in Killeen, Mansfield, Wichita Falls, and Granbury. Make your mark at Marksman. Since 2003, Bending Knee International has answered the call to take the good news of Jesus Christ and the hope of the gospel to the Navajo Nation and the people of Siberia. Many have never heard the simple but magnificent message that Christ is God, who loves us so much that He died for our sins, defeated death, and rose again. The simple message of salvation brings the gift of eternal life if we'll only believe it. I am Tom Watson, President of Bending Knee International. Learn more about Bending Knee at BendingKnee.org. National outdoor writer Ken Kirkaby knows of what he writes. I think I probably hunted in just about every western state. Uh, yeah, and I fly fished in a lot of those places. He's fished the waters, walked the land, and harvested the game that makes him authentic. That's where the basis of that comes from. I wanted to make this really authentic, and I wanted people to identify with it. Guys like you and I have a real hard time finding good stuff to read, because it's written by guys that just don't know what the heck they're writing about. And guys like you and I, we read two pages and we say, hey, that's phony. 
This is this is not the way it is. Ever since the old man in the sea, fishing novels have been scarce on the horizon. That was until national outdoor writer Ken Kirkaby wrote his blue water classic, The Tournament. Chuck Winchler of Sporting Classics says you can read the tournament in about the time it takes to catch a big marlin. And every moment will be just as fun, just as exciting. Jennifer Mayhall of Paradise This Week says the tournament reels you into the world of sport fishing and doesn't let you go. The Tournament by Ken Kirkaby. Get it on Amazon. At the Outdoors Tomorrow Foundation, we're really happy to have more than 50,000 kids in school classrooms learning about archery, fishing, boating, and other outdoor skills each year. We're thrilled that we have grown to schools across the United States and continue to grow. We're humbled that teaching wildlife conservation to our future generations have been so eagerly accepted by more than a quarter million kids so far. We're happy, thrilled, and humbled. But we're not stopping. The Outdoor Adventures program in junior highs and high schools across America has proven to be a hit with kids. And in case after case, we've seen Outdoor Adventures' young lives changed. Kids that just were not into school and not involved are now excited to get into the classroom each day because of Outdoor Adventures. The kids earn classroom credit by learning the outdoor basics, and they smile while learning. If you want Outdoor Adventures in your local school, contact me, Scott McClure. I'm at GoOTF.com. That's Scott at GoOTF.com. Our warm campfire is always the gathering spot, no matter the weather. Tall tales and life's tough spots get worked out here. This is Kinder Outdoors. When we're not on the road, Kinder Outdoors originates from the Vineyards Campground and Cabins on Grapevine Lake, Texas. I'm looking out over the lake right now. It's pretty calm this morning and inviting. I might need to, you know, do a little maintenance on the outboard motor when we wrap up here today. Hey, we heard from Ted Burton this week. Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Good to hear from you, Ted. Thank you for the note. Also, Daniel Woolham, Orr City, Texas. Daniel, did you or do you know Ed Orms, my old buddy, bird dog buddy, Ed Orms, out there in Orr City in the beautiful pines of East Texas? Hey, Mark Johnson, thanks for the note. Potter, Nebraska. Eric Bruggerman, Miller, South Dakota. Thank you for checking in, Eric. And Jonathan Mercer is in Whitefish, Montana. It's a little warmer here in Texas than you are up there in Whitefish, but I think you got us on the pretty part, Jonathan. Hang in there. Spring is coming, brother. Thank you for listening to Kinder Outdoors. Special guest on the show this week lives in Texas but hunts the beauty of Alaska. Chris Thompson is a guide with Renfro's Alaskan Adventures. Glad to have you on the show, Chris. Welcome. Thank you, Billy. Appreciate it. You bet. Now, you're in, let me get this right, you're in Texas right now, but you spend a good portion of the year in Alaska, Mexico, different parts of the world, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Primarily Alaska. Um, go up there early summer, do fish trips, and then uh, moose season, we'll, they ship us out from in the moose camp last week of August, and we're there until 1st of October. You work with a great outfitter, very reputable, Renfro's Alaskan Adventures. Tell us a little bit about Renfro's. Oh, just an outstanding operation. And and we're, he's got a good area. He hunts Unit 18, and which is an outstanding area for moose. And um, all, the, all the planes are in-house. 
and it's just it's just a great area. Good operation. Does what he says he's going to do. Provides good quality guides, packers, whole works. Renfro's is based out of Bethel, Alaska. I guess we meet up with you there, and then we take off. Could be in in uh, any direction from there, I guess, huh? Yes, sir. We hunt that area, and uh, where I've been going is is I guess you call it north of the Yukon of that Unit 18 area, and they just we fly out there and Piper Cubs dropped off, and then like. They'll drop me and the packer off, and then we'll stay out there the duration. And then each hunt is 10 days, so they'll, they'll cycle hunters to us three different times. And there's multiple camps. He's, he's got uh, quite a few guys working for him. Okay. All right. If folks want to take a closer look at Renfro's and see what this is all about, um, where do they go? Uh, Renfro's Alaskan Adventures com. I think, is the is the website. Okay. And then the website, the pictures, the fishing pictures, the hunting pictures, you really enjoy it. Yeah, I've been there, and, I, and I've looked, and I'm, you know, now I'm looking at airfare. That's that's what it'll do to you. Renfro's, yeah. <laughs> Renfro's Alaskan Adventures, we've got a link at kinderoutdoors.com. You mentioned a packer. That's a great opportunity for a young guy that might mm-hmm. want to, Think about guiding for a living at a high level because what you do, uh, Chris, is, is pretty high-level stuff. you got to know your stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. You're going, like you said, you're going to get dropped off, and you're going to be up there uh, for a month. Uh, without... oh, we're, we're 70 miles from the nearest person. We're, we're, yeah. we're hunting elk and, and grizzly that literally, or excuse me, moose and grizzly that have never seen a man. And so when you're out in an area like that, not only do you have the hunting aspect of it, but, you, I mean, your head's got to be on a swivel because nobody can, I mean, if if you get a bad weather window, they might not be able to get to you for a week. So you really got to be careful and watch and pay attention to everything. Yeah, you've got you've to have, have some well-stocked smarts and some, some common sense in the woods and know what you're doing. And this is a great opportunity as a packer for a youngster that might want to have your job someday uh, to get started and get their feet wet, you guys are looking for uh, for some packers right now, I guess, huh? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And and, and the good thing about uh, to be a guide in Alaska, minimum you have to have two years experience in the field, thirty days each year, so minimum sixty days in the field over two years. And the only way to get that is by packing. So and then and then that's just one of the hurdles you have to you have to jump to become a guide, but that's a crucial one. That, uh, and like I said, that can be achieved by packing. What is a packer? What's a packer's job? Fly, flies in with the guide, um, helps sets up camp with the guide, goes out with the guide to hunt with the client because, you know, to have a, another set of eyes out there is, is helpful. And then once the moose goes down, the work begins. <laughs> yeah. It's a, yeah, I mean, with two guys to process that moose and get it in game bags, about four hours from the time you make that first cut to everything's in game bags. And then um, then you have to get that meat to camp, which where, which is where also a piper cup can land to get that meat out of there. And uh, typical moose hindquarters, 140 pounds. And um, that one backstrap's almost 50 pounds and so it's it's a ton of weight and the terrain there 
is very unforgiving. <laughs> There's you're punching through alder. You're, I mean, the ground itself, the tundra ground, it's comparable to walking through about a foot and a half of snow. And just because it's wow. squashy, it's, and um, it's, it's, like I said, it's a lot of work, but I mean, if a person, if it appeals to a person, it's a, it's like I said, the, the, what you're seeing out there, you can't replicate, at least in the lower 48, you know, because you're just so yeah, absolutely no. remote. This is a job for the outdoorsman's outdoorsman. I mean, you got to be pretty tough because you're going to be, basically, you're going to be just pretty much miserable uh, for for a while. Oh, you're, you're living, uh, a great guy told me one time to get trophy moose, you have to go out and live like a moose. And, uh, and that's what you're doing. You're living in a two or three man tent for over a month, you know, and, uh, it's just, uh, we eat good. We've got a cook tent there that we set up, but uh, you're crawling in and out of the tent for that entire time you're there. You're wet. There's nothing, you can't, you can't get anything dry. The only way you can dry anything out is put it in your sleeping bag with you at night. And then you wake up in the morning, it'll be dry, but there'll be a sheen of moisture over top of your bag. And, uh, but that's the only way to dry anything. And, um, wow. It's just, it's tough, but it's, I mean, if, if it, if it appeals, if you're the right person, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You bet. And you're going to see some things that very few people in their lifetime will see. Oh, for sure. You're sitting up there, you're glassing the majority of the time and, uh, just what you can see at distance through your scope and, and, uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Like I showed you that video, those two big bulls fighting down there about a mile from us but I mean it was just awesome I mean you see that see bear I mean wolves you know I mean it's just and plus the country you know it's just it's just crazy now I know a lot of people are listening thinking okay I'm going to be cold wet tired beaten up could be eaten by a grizz Uh, this is misery (laughs) this is complete misery why would I do that well here's why you would do that it pays pretty doggone well it pays good but um, you know if you're if you're doing this for the money, you're doing it for the wrong reason, you know. Um, you're doing it just because, like I said, the, the experience that you get, the, just being out there. You want to go out and live like Jim Bridger did, this is about the last place to do it, you know. And uh, and that's the yeah. for me, for sure. You bet. All right. Well, I guess if, if somebody is listening to this and, and going, wow, I've dreamed of doing that my whole life. I want to do that. Uh, you can uh, reach out to me. Here at Kinder Outdoors and uh, uh, KinderOutdoors.com, you can reach me real easily, and I'll put you in touch with uh, Chris Thompson and Renfro's Alaskan Adventures out of Bethel, Alaska. Hey, we're going to take a short break, Chris, but I want to talk to you about what makes a good client. You know, we, we talk a lot about what makes a good guide. I want to know what makes a good client, because you've seen it all in the backcountry. Yes, sir. The state of Nevada offers a special non-resident only mule deer tag each year, which greatly enhances your chance of getting drawn. But you need to hurry. The deadline is Monday, March 6th. So now is the time to enter. To enter the draw, you need to be sponsored by an outfitter. And that starts at NevadaOutfitters.org. That's NevadaOutfitters.org. This special tag is for non-resident mule deer hunters only. And the draw is just days away. Contact NevadaOutfitters.org today. 
Hi, I'm Jim Shockey, and I want to make sure that all of our calendars are marked with the dates for our 2023 annual military charity golf event. The dates are March 26th and 27th of 2023. We'll be returning to the Wild Dunes Resort on the Isle of Palms in South Carolina. Now here's the best part. The proceeds from this military charity golf event, supported by Freedom Hunters, goes to award the honorable service personnel of our U.S. and Canadian Armed Forces with outdoor adventures. There's no better cause than honoring the courageous men and women that protect our freedoms. So go to jimshockeyclassic.com to register. So again, that's March 26th and 27th of 2023 at the Wild Dunes Resort. And by the way, that's the South Carolina coast in the springtime. It doesn't get any better than that. I'll see you there. John Payne and his Tejas Ranch Fence Company know that there's no cookie-cutter approach. Every job, every ranch, every lay of land is unique and custom. We're able to take a look at the owner's intent, the individual characteristics of the property, and really come up with a solution that works for them. We've got a great team here that has a passion for what we do. Your land, our passion. We love bringing out the best in your property. TejasRanchFence.com From the deck of your private cabin overlooking the confluence of the famous White and Norfolk Rivers at Norfolk Resort Trout Dock, you can see crystal clear running waters that hold one of the world's greatest populations of rainbow and brown trout. In fact, this is the home of world record trout. You might be distracted, though, by the beautiful rolling Ozark Mountains that hold you during your stay. Just up the road a few miles is incredible bass fishing for largemouth, smallmouth, and spots. You'll find the best guides in the business at Norfolk Resort, and your boat is just a short walk from your cabin. Your guide will find a gravel shoal perfect for preparing a hot shore lunch with fresh-caught trout and all the trimmings. You'll think about a nap after lunch, but there's more fish to catch and river to explore before retiring to your fully furnished riverside hideaway. Sound good? Of course it does. Norfolk Resort Trout Dock in Norfolk, Arkansas. NorfolkResort.com After spending a few days at Joshua Creek Ranch, I describe it as a sportsman's nirvana. We love creating a unique experience for each of our guests. You know, the interests can vary here from wing shooting to deer hunting to fly fishing to river kayaking. So we have a great variety of guests and... um, We like for them to enjoy everything we have to offer. As I enjoyed the birth of a new day over the rolling hill country ranch that is Joshua Creek, I was amazed at the wildlife, quail, pheasants, native white-tailed deer, trophy-class axis deer. We've worked hard on the habitat, planted improved grasses, really with the help of some wildlife biologists, studied what would make the best habitat to keep our game here. Mm -hmm. We can hunt easily six seven eight groups and we don't try to do it on 40 acres i mean these people get to walk they get to see some country joe and ann kirchival invite you to enjoy this free range ranch just northwest of san antonio visit joshuacreek.com every animal that has ever roamed this planet was designed as hunted or hunter predator or prey we are hunters If it were ever necessary, even the strictest vegan would return to the wild, driven to survive by the instincts of his ancestors. 
those who hide behind the soft delusion of their own ignorance do so from within a civilization whose very being costs the lives of countless creatures every single day. Death is an undeniable fuel of life. This is the undeniable truth of existence. To live in balance with the planet that sustains us, we must admit and embrace the nature within us. Trust the hunter in your blood. been dropped off in a remote wilderness where the bears outnumber people 10 to 1 and the mosquitoes have been known to carry off full-grown moose. Lucky, join us in camp and tell us about it at Kinder Outdoors. <laughs> That's exactly what my friend Chris Thompson is doing today. He guides for moose in Alaska for Renfro's and he's talking to us about that great experience and a great job opportunity. For some young guy that with a strong back and a go-get-em attitude that would like to maybe guide in Alaska someday how to get your apprentice work out of the way. This corner of the camp house brought to you by Joshua Creek Ranch in the Texas Hill Country. Even if your wife doesn't hunt, she has no interest in the upland bird hunting or the axis deer hunting or the native whitetails or turkeys, she will absolutely love this place. It's five-star Lodging, dining, everything is absolutely incredible at Joshua Creek Ranch. Go see it firsthand. Learn more about Joe and Ann Kirchival and their beautiful, beautiful Joshua Creek Ranch when you come see me at kinderoutdoors.com, K-I-N-D-E-R. I want to get Chris back in here now. Thanks for hanging on, Chris. I appreciate that. Yes, sir. Enjoying it. Hey, uh, listen, we've, we've talked a lot on the show in the past about what makes a good guide and and what we've surmised through the years as, uh, you know, going home with a harvest. Example, if we hunt with you and we don't take a moose home, that's not necessarily the guide's fault. You guys typically, 99 times out of 100, are going to work super hard, know what you're doing, you're knowledgeable, you're going to keep us alive through it all and uh, get us back home. Uh, safe and sound. But I want to flip that today. I want to flip that to what makes a good client. Because when someone shows up to hunt with you in the backcountry of Alaska, hey, you're, you're, whether you like each other or not, you're living together for at least the next 10 days. Oh, at least, yeah. Like, you could, you could be there for two weeks depending upon, you know, how the weather, how the weather goes. Yeah. So what do you like to see? When a client shows up, I guess uh, some patience and a good attitude and, and maybe someone that won't get out ahead of you, somebody that will listen to what you say. Oh, 100%. I mean, attitude is everything um, with that good at because you might not even see anything till the third or fourth day and, and been soaking wet and cold and, and, you know, weather's not cooperating and, uh, it's important to, to keep that attitude up, you know, and, and the other most important thing is be able to, to shoot and move under dress, meaning being in good physical condition and, uh, to where you can, you can move up a hill. You got like, 
a lot of times you'll be glassing, 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 and all of a sudden you see the move and you got to make your or see the moose and you got to make your move. Well, then the game's on. I mean, times you're running, you're poking through, trying to crawl on your hands and knees through alder, trying to get there, get get ahead of the wind. I mean, everything. And then, and uh, if that hunter can't do that, then you just lost your opportunity. And that might have been the first opportunity you've had in two days. And just simply because he doesn't have the physical ability to move that quickly over that kind of terrain, he just lost his opportunity. And then once yeah. you get there, you're breathing hard, you're wet, you're cold, uh, and then you've got to shoot. And that shoot, and that shot. Your heart, be, yeah, your your heart's pounding out of your chest. <laughs> oh yeah, you're breathing hard. You know, it might not be, you know standing broadside at 75 yards, you know, they might be quartering away. They it, it just, it, it, you know, anybody that hunts knows what I'm talking about as far as just, you know, that, that, that shot. So you've got to be prepared, you know, and, and those aren't, those situations aren't handed out daily. So when it does, when you do have the opportunity, bam, you got to go and be able to, and, and be able to shoot and, uh, and, you know, and you might have to make that move five or six times over the course of the hunt, you know, because, you know, you make your move and it didn't work out, moose windage, whatever, you know, but, uh, yeah, you know, so which it, and then get, get back to the kick, like, you know, have an unsuccessful day as far as, you know, the kill, get back to camp, you're wet, you're soaked, you're tired, it's two o'clock in the morning and you get up and do it again the next day. So wow, and the physical yeah. condition is really? huge. But then, again, yeah, you could be the best shape in your life, and if your attitude isn't there, or you have these unrealistic expectations of what it should be, then everything can go downhill from there as well. So yeah, just uh, get yourself educated what you're getting into, and and the guys at Renfro's are pros, and so. Uh, go with a reputable outfitter, someone like Chris and Renfro's Alaskan Adventures uh, out of Bethel, Alaska, and you're going to be in good shape. You know, we've all hunted with guys that want to be the know-it-all, for lack of a nicer word. They want to be the know-it-all on the trip, and they a lot of times they, they think they might know more than the guide does. Uh, I'm sure you've run into that a lot. How do you handle that, Chris? I mean, you have to show them respect, but at the same time, they can blow the hunt for you. Oh, 100%. I mean, and I listen to anybody. I mean, somebody that's been hunting for 20 or 30 years, they might not be in, have been in Alaska, but they dang sure know something. And I'll, I'll listen to anybody. Um, but uh, it's, you know, out there, I'm the, I'm the one ultimately in charge of everybody's safety. And uh, it's going to be my decision, you know, and, uh, and, if there's, if you just don't get along with the hunter, as a, as a, as a professional guide, you get along. You know, you just yeah. you uh, do the best you can, and uh, and but that that's so, at least up there, that's so rare. I mean, everybody that comes up. I mean, they know just because of the expense that it takes to get up there. They're hunters, and they know, and uh, and they respect both you and the country and and uh, i've not really run into that too much up there um yeah that's and one good. thing i want to mention that's crucial 
especially on these on these hunts that you know you're you're flown in either by beaver or particularly piper cubs you've got to have of course because of the conditions the right gear but it's also got to be lightweight so because you're capped as a hunter at 60 pounds on your flying so you've got to have not only the kind of gear that can survive Alaska, but it's also got to be lightweight. So the technical gear and knowing the technical gear, because that's a that's a big problem. We might have a guy that that can walk, shoot, good attitude, and he's wearing eighty pounds of water, not eighty pounds, forty pounds of wool. You know, uh, and and it just and it, it makes it harder physically for them because the, the clothing is not correct, and uh, it just makes it just more miserable. And so to research. And know, ask questions, talk. What do I need? You know, just and find out your gear list. The gear list is huge because uh, you can you can survive it, but it won't be near as much fun as if you if you had the right gear. You know, clothing particularly. Or the and yeah, of course, right. You know, it goes without saying. Have broken boots that fit that kind of condition. You know, you don't go up there with those tennis shoes or your you know, brand new boots. Or, anything like that and also with the shooting too um you know we're not all you're not shooting behind the rest you, you might be you know if you're shooting if you have your shooting sticks make sure you punch a bunch of rounds down range on your shooting sticks you know don't just well I'm, i've been on a bench and hit a thousand rounds or you put a thousand rounds on my bench and only five rounds on my shooting sticks where you're going to be shooting the moose on your shooting sticks so be comfortable with your, both the gear and your rifle in, in, all, in all kinds of situations and conditions. Chris, we are not through with you yet. We're going to grab another cup of coffee and come back and finish up. Plus, Mr. Whitetail Larry Wysoon is going to join us, too. We're talking about eating dinner. Larry and I are both very good at that. This corner of the camp house brought to you by my friends at Joshua Creek Ranch of the Texas Hill Country. It's not just upland bird hunting, five-star world-class upland bird hunting, but it's decoyed mallards. Learn more about them when you come see me at kinderoutdoors.com. The Quail Coalition has drawn the line. Quail decline stops here. South and West Texas and Western Oklahoma are the last strong natural regions for wild bobwhite quail. We've all watched the drastic decline across the southern states of the iconic bobwhite. The Quail Coalition has vowed to do all within human power to not only stop quail decline, but build a future where the quail will flourish across all of its original habitat. If true quail conservation is important to you, please visit quailcoalition.org. Consider a membership, attend one of our fundraising banquets, and please consider starting a chapter in your home state. Together, let's sustain and restore huntable wild quail populations. Let's encourage and educate interested youth. Let's keep the most brilliant quail minds on earth working on a bright future for our quails. The first step, visit our website, quailcoalition.org. Can you imagine 20-plus sailfish in a single day? Welcome to Costa Rica's rich fishing history. The marlin catch is as good as any spot on earth. Blue marlin, sailfish, mahi, and tuna. From the moment your feet touch down in beautiful Costa Rica, you'll discover a new love in your life. The landscape, the people, the food, 
the salty air and year-round fishable temperatures and calm waters. At Carib Sea Sport Fishing, we're prepared for your group with a fleet of some of the most successful vessels in this sport fishing area. Call your buddies or make it a couple's trip to Costa Rica. Enjoy world-class Caribbean sport fishing, endless shopping, beaches, spectacular wildlife. Discover the landscape by horseback. Carib Sea Sport Fishing offers a variety of trips, offshore, inshore, overnight, half day, full day, every day. Come see us now at catchafishincostarica.com. Winter at the lake is a wonderful thing. The still, quiet solace of the woods and water at Grapevine Lake offer the perfect opportunity to slow the season down a bit. Tucked away behind a secure gated entry and snuggled on the still shore of Grapevine Lake is the national award-winning Vineyards Campground and Cabins. Full hookups, lightning-fast Wi-Fi, and cable TV at every campsite and cabin keep you connected, even when you're getting away. The Vineyards sites and fully furnished cabins are the perfect place to kick off the new year and enjoy the great outdoors. Our unique location makes you feel far away from the hustle and bustle when you're just a few blocks from historic downtown Grapevine, the Christmas capital of Texas, offering shops, restaurants, and all the sights and sounds of the season. Cozy cabins, spacious pull-through sites, and a camp store on site to provide whatever you need. Always keeping your health and safety a priority, come enjoy nature's original way to social distance. Come see us this winter. The Vineyards Campground and Cabins. VineyardsCampground.com Introducing Canyon Valley Provisions. Grass-fed beef is high in omega-3s and conjugated linoleic acid, which is known as CLAs. In layman terms, it's a type of fat that your body can use, and it doesn't damage your heart or any part of your vascular system. Buy better beef for your family. We manage holistically, or some people call it regeneratively. We want everything that we do to be a part of our good stewardship of the land. We think that's what God's put us here to do, so... The cattle are healthy and the land's healthy. We want both. We don't want one or the other. If you were to buy a grass-fed, grass-finished steak by the pound, you'd pay anywhere from 18 to $30 a pound. But if you buy a quarter, half, or whole, you're ranging from anywhere $7.80 and below. So you're paying a third of the price for that steak and, you know, those good cuts. And you get a whole lot more bang for your buck when you buy in bulk. Don't let 2020 happen in your home again. CanyonValleyProvisions.com Raising cattle in West Texas for five generations. We thank God for the freedom, our men and women that defend it, and the Constitution that guarantees it. Welcome to camp with Kinder Outdoors. I hope you will plan to join me. I'm headed for South Carolina, Isle of Palms. South Carolina, the Wild Dunes Resort. Uh, Jim Shockey's having his golf tournament again. It's all to, it's a banqueting tournament, all to raise money for freedom hunters. That's coming up later in the month, later in March, and we want you to be there with us, okay? All the details are at kinderoutdoors.com. I want to talk about this, too, before we finish up here, Chris. We're talking to Chris Thompson with Renfro's Alaskan Adventures, he can take you to the backcountry of Alaska and show you things that 99 and 9 tenths of the world will never see. Moose and grizzly and big brown bears and, and just uh, God's incredible creation in nature. Uh, pretty, it's just unscathed, untouched. Uh, with Renfro's Alaskan Adventures, we've got a link at kinderoutdoors.com for you. 
Let's talk about tips for a minute, and I want you to be be open and honest with us because I get that question a lot from people. What what's appropriate? How much should I should I tip? Is is there a guideline, Chris? I've never seen a guide driving a Mercedes Benz. Okay, so <laughs> we need we need to we need to take care of the guys and gals that take care of us in that rough country. The the typical or the rule of thumb is ten percent of the cost of your hunt. And that's kill or no kill. And then you could go up from there, but that's just the the the, the rule of thumb. And then you've got your and that's to the guide and then you've got your packer. Um and then also like hill, when I when I leave uh Alaska, I'm I'm tipping my pilots out. I'm tipping the some of the hangar crew out. You know, you, you just kinda wanna spread it out as much as you can just because like you said, I mean, we're not doing this. If we're doing this for the money, we're in the wrong business. And uh, so it's all tips are huge part of that guide's income. And, um, you bet. and so it's just, it's, it's, it's crucial that, that, uh, and man, again, at that level of hunting, I've never really had a problem with that because uh, they go in knowing what it costs and uh, they're willing to pay for it. Yeah, people plan pretty good for a great trip like this to the backcountry of Alaska. Did I hear you correctly earlier? You said you go north of the Yukon? Yes, sir. And if you look at Unit 18 um, in Alaska, it's it's we're about 120 miles east of the Bering Sea, north of the Yukon, and uh, and it's it's pretty awesome. I mean, you, you like I said, you're you're. You're very much out there, <laughs> to say the least. Last, <laughs> I guess so. Last year we had a, a typhoon come in off the Bering Sea, and I and uh, we had to hunker down with that for a day or so. But uh, it's just the, wow. the weather that, that you get up there, and so and I, I, I'm painting. I don't. I'm painting a harder picture sometimes than it is. Sometimes I'm not, but or it's. You have good days. It's just not like you're just going into a, a typhoon every day. But uh, you have very good days, and especially in that month of September. And uh, but I want, especially for the Packers, I don't want to, I don't want to um, glorify it. You know, I don't want them to, because then their uh, their expectations are off. And uh, yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's uh, you see. With the with good and like I said, the September month, you usually get pretty good weather, but um, uh, sometimes you don't, and that's just part of it, and that's part of hunting, you know. Have you ever been uh, up there, Chris, uh, chasing moose and looked up and seen a Chinese balloon floating over? Have you ever seen any of that? <laughs> It'd be game on if that was the case. <laughs> Chris Thompson, you can hunt with him in the backcountry of Alaska, way up yonder, Renfro's Alaskan Adventures. I've really enjoyed the visit. We'll do her again, okay? Yes, sir. Enjoyed it very much. Hey, go to the tough country of Alaska and chase a moose around with Chris Thompson. <laughs> And Renfro's Alaskan Adventures. Man, that sounds fun, huh? This corner of the camp house brought to you by Joshua Creek Ranch of the Texas Hill Country, heralded by the folks at Beretta and Orvis and Shooting Sportsman, and right here at Kinder Outdoors as some of the very best upland bird hunting in the world.
It's their job to think about your hunt 365 days per year, and they do that. And it shows when you show up. Book a hunt at Joshua Creek Ranch. Larry Wysoon is here. We have a lot in common. My buddy, Mr. Whitetail. Larry, one of those things that we have in common is food. We like to eat. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about Axis deer before. We talked about how great crappie and walleye are on the table. What are, so you, you're a worldwide hunter, and you've tasted a little bit of everything. General uh, Chuck Yeager once told me that a bear under two years old was pretty darn good to eat. What else outside of those axis deer do you like to see show up on the dinner table? I've had the opportunity to hunt Africa quite a few times. One of the best things I've ever eaten in Africa is, is an eland. I mean, the eland is out of this world good. It's like a fine-aged beef. has a little bit of marbling in it. And even the old bulls, if you take an old bull, don't need to do any marinating or anything like that. It's still very, very tender. The most surprising thing that I ate in Africa that I thought was one of the best things there I've ever eaten, too, is zebra. Now, a lot of people may be opposed to eating horses, but uh, the zebra is extremely wild, totally different animal from what most people think in terms of horses. But I shot one several years ago, and I had read all these years prior to that how zebra was the most horrible tasting stuff in the world. Nobody should be eating it. And I come to find out after I tasted it, I understand why, because all the pHs and all the locals were saying, you don't want any of that stuff, it's no good. So they would take it. But, you know, almost anywhere you go, there's absolutely some fabulous food in terms of wild game. And it, sometimes it's fish, sometimes it's a, a bird or fowl, and sometimes it's a big game animal as well. Yeah. But to me, the main thing is to make keep an open mind when somebody says, hey, try some of this. Yeah. Don't close your mind to the fact, well, I ain't going to like this. Right. You know, just keep an open mind, taste it, and almost invariably you're going to go, oh, my gosh, let me have some more of that. Right. Hey, if you can get over the mental hump and put that frog leg in your mouth, you've never tasted anything finer, I promise you. What about North American game? What, uh, we talked about the axis deer, obviously. That's gold. I'll tell you what, some of the finest white-tailed deer I've ever eaten came out of the Midwest, where it's basically corn-fed. They're on corn, soybeans, and alfalfa, and a few other things growing out there. Really, really good. And, and again, also moose. Moose is out of this world good as well. And there's a lot of moose meat when you put a moose down. And, and of course, elk is always good. And I think the biggest thing is, is in the preparation as far as the, the carcass itself and then the preparation of the meat. Uh, most people have a tendency to overcook venison, and I think that is the biggest problem they run to. If they did a little bit more on the rare side, I think they'd be really surprised. And, and I know a lot of times we've been on hunts and talked to them and said, I just can't stand elk, I can't stand moose, I don't want any deer, I don't want any this. And yet they'll be in camp the entire week and ask, ask for second and yeah. thirds, and that's what they've eaten the whole yeah. time, thinking it was good beef or maybe something else. So it's just a lot of times it's a mental thing more than it is a, the uh, taste bud thing. Yeah, I think there should be a mandatory jail sentence for anyone that overcooks wild game. Medium rare. Stop. Pull it off and let's take it to the table. You know, processing our game, taking care of our game, has a lot to do with how it tastes on the table. It's very important that we take care of those animals immediately and cool that meat down. It, it really is. I mean, that's one of the things we always look forward to and look ahead to where, okay, we're on a hunt, we're going to take an animal. How are we going to be able to take care of this animal? There are a lot of times in the past I have not shot 
that animal that I wanted to. Maybe had a big set of antlers or something special about it because I knew we were going to get in trouble trying to get that animal into a cool situation or it maybe take too long to get him out of the woods. So to me, that's always something that comes into play, not just the cameraman saying don't shoot. Sometimes it's me going, okay, I'm not going to shoot because if we do, we're not going to get the best venison out of this animal. Well, Larry Wysoon, I don't think I'm one lick better than you, but I'll tell you this, I've never eaten a zebra before. <laughs> Do you need to? You'd be surprised. That's Mr. Whitetail. Well. Larry Wysoon. I want to thank my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for the time we've had together and invite you back next time around. Till then, may God bless you and your bunch.